Live from the McShen Foundation, I'm John Schenholzer, president and co-founder of McShen. Also a person in what I call long-term recovery. Next month will be, uh, if I make it, 38 years clean, which encompasses sober as well. See, we got Sarah tuned in. I guess you are excited. You're going to get some reality-based podcast today, Sarah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I hope Chip showed up for that group. Anyways, why are you hiding her, man? It was all good. No, no, I'm, I, I have to make it visible so whatever you see that says. Oh, I got you. All right, never mind. You know, I'm, I got a little control thing going on here. Hey, look, today I got a couple really special guests. I got Alex and Lisa, and they're both uh, peers here at McShen. They came through McShen. They did really good, and uh, they both got challenges in front of them. We're going to talk about those challenges in a minute, but briefly. Just give me like the, you know, the 30-second elevator story, Lisa. We'll start with you. Okay, so I was introduced to McShin in jail in a program. Um, I did two months in the jail program, got out, got a bond, came here, got a scholarship, uh, went back to jail not once but twice, but came right back when I... But, but they were both for just, you know, back stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was all back no, stuff. No, 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 new, no new relapse, nope. no new crime, nope. none of that. You none been, of that. And you got 20 months clean right now. Tomorrow will be 20 months. Tomorrow will be 20 months. That's big time right there. Dude, when I tell you I've never put together 57 days, yeah. and I think I cheated those 57 days, so, this is so, a miracle. So you did You did uh, two months. You went through the RSW program. we got a great program up in Front Royal. Uh, Cricket kind of runs that. Uh, thank you to SAMHSA for that. That's a, a SAMHSA grant-funded. Yes. One that we, we match, of course, of but, course. It, but it still works out good. And then you came out, you did two months there, you came out, and then you went back for two weeks for some back charges or whatever. Yeah, they just, uh, there was new charges, actually, from stemming from that, the, that the original charge. That caught up from charge. your realize. I mean, well, from your uh, escapades. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then you, you got out, then you went back to another. Another facility. Yeah, back charge. You had to do two months. So, so you've been in and out of jail three times now in recovery. In recovery, yeah. Man, that got to be getting old. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I bet it is. I'll be done in September, hopefully. Hopefully. All right. hopefully. We're going to drop back on you in a minute. Now, right. now Alex, you uh, <laughs> you like to drink and drive, right? I do. Oh, I, did. You did. I did. You did. You <laughs> did. Not no more. Them days are over. Yeah. Tell, tell us about you briefly. So I got, um, well, I got a DUI a week after I turned 21. And then this last September, September 14th, I got a DUI um, in Richmond. And then exactly a week later, I got another DUI in Henrico. Holy smoke. Three DUIs in how long? Ten years. And I guess close to more like six years. Six or seven years. Three and six or seven. Yeah. If it's under ten, they're going to smoke you anyway. So I got one in Richmond. Um, Next week, I got one in Henrico. I went for the bond hearing because I was locked up in Henrico, and they said, you're a danger to society. He held me without bond until I figured out some sort of you know, way to get out. I'm not going to lie. And, and getting into the McShin Foundation was my foot in the door, and I've been clean and sober ever since. How long has that been? Well, I got two weeks of clean time in jail and then nine months since then. So, so on the outside, you're doing good, as long as you got pressure yeah. from the court. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've been staying busy, held accountable. I mean, having a responsibility and things to do is but what you, keeps me clean. But you got to go back and face the music on that, right? Yeah, it's like Thursday. I, this, I, this I, week, I finally Thursday. have to deal with that first DUI and, and do some, some jail time for it. I've been told 10 days, which is the mandatory minimum because I've been here doing all this stuff. Got this ankle monitor and 
you know, I'll only be looking at 10 days, but then I got to deal with the other DUI come September again. You know, oh, okay, so that could be even a longer story. Yeah, probably 30 days is what they're telling me. Man, I'll tell you what, if you stay sober and do your little time and then follow up in September and you're still doing sober. Now, a lot of people nationwide are thinking, hell, that ain't, that ain't enough, man. I mean, three DUIs in 10 years, you could have killed somebody. Mm-hmm. I could have. But you didn't. I, I own a, I own that. Right. There ain't no denial in there. No, so I'm not going to, you know, whine and complain saying, but I'm doing so well. I deserve to not go to jail. Like, no one really, you know, I don't want to. But you got. I got to pay the well, piper for my, right. the consequences well, now, of my actions. Over the years, I've known a lot of people. They had one, two, three, four, five DUI. They, they went to jail. They got out of trouble. They got in recovery. But somewhere along the line, they decided they were going to have, have a beer. Or do a bong head. Next thing you know, they're ripping and running, creating mm-hmm. more more chaos and drama. And I mean, how, what, what are your thoughts on that? Is that just too too far down the road to think of? Or you ever think about that? I think about it, but you know, I I have so much to jeopardize at this point. I've got I've got a job here at the McShen Foundation. I've got more jail time that could be over my head. I mean, well, you know, like, it'd be a different. Like a, that's like a minimum wage job. I know, but I'm just saying, off of that, it would be a completely different story if I didn't have all these other like safety nets. Right, is I the got way. You. Uh, so I don't even try to play with that hypothetical of what if I had a job, you know, bartending again, or I had my life completely in front of me and all this money. I don't even play with that hypothetical because I'm not there yet. Right. Well, hopefully you never really get there as far as going no. to drink again. But mm-hmm. that's a day at a time of what I hear. Mm-hmm. Now, back to you, Lisa. I mean, like, how scary is it to be... And I've watched you grow in your recovery. I've watched you go from, uh, you know, basically somebody who fresh out of active addiction, still in your head in the game, but I, but I believe you've, you've transferred from being in the game in your head to actually being in recovery. I think I think I'm not saying you've had a full blown spiritual awakening or anything. Oh, I but, definitely have. Well, I've I've seen your behavior change. I'm real impressed with it. So, I mean, you must have some fearful thoughts about having to go back to court and catching could be long time, could be short time. I I do. I have a lot of fears about it. But you know what? I've learned that whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I have to take responsibility for what I did. I have to acknowledge it. And I have to do whatever they want me to do. You know, there's no running mm-hmm. no more. I, any other time, I would have been gone. Gone. Well, so your history was, you, you know, you get in and out of trouble, you run, let them catch you. But yep. this time, you're facing every single Everything. charge you got. Um, who wants to go to jail? Nobody. But the last time I went to jail, um, and I wasn't expecting to. She just revoked my bond. Um, and I see why now why she did it. Um because she wanted me to sit for a minute and think about what I've done, but I also helped some other people. While you were in jail. While I was in jail, so the, the, I got the, that the opportunity. The last two months you went. Yeah. So you sat in there for two months, thinking, and even though you didn't like it, I l- did looking not back, like it. you have no hard feelings toward the judge. <laughs> not many. No, because I learned from it. I grew from it. Um, but my other case, I'm facing. And now I know what, what this judge wants to do is not put me back in jail. She made that clear, and, and I was, like, relieved. But my my my, my other court case in the, in the other county, in RSW County, or Moore County, um, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen there. Well, um, now, now, I want to add a little value to all this, too. 
when you were in RSW uh, 20 months ago, didn't your husband get picked up and put in jail somewhere along the line? We both went the same night. The same night. And your yeah. husband had a chance to go to the McShin male side of it, right? He did. I told him, get into the into so, so here pod. we are, husband and wife. You're both locked up. You get into the to, to McShin pod. Then you then you somehow I told your husband say, look, you need to get over that McShin pod. He wasn't having it. He, he didn't. He 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 was convinced he didn't have a problem. I'm like, dude, yes you do. <laughs> and when I left, when I got my bond, something changed in him, and he wanted to go. And and at first he'll tell you, I just thought I was going to get out and get to McShin and have sex or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that. That didn't happen because I said no. Yeah, yeah, he, don't really, yeah, he don't really look the sexy type, to be honest with you, man. I mean, well, he, I'll tell he, you. He, he might have been. That's a but. whole nother, another podcast. But um, So he jumped in the program he after you in. left jail. Got in the men's side. How long was he in there, do you know? He was in there three months. I remember seeing him in jail because I went up and give a little hope shot one day. But let me tell you what happened. Um, he was moved to the drug pod on a Friday. And that very next Sunday, he got the news that our son passed away from overdose. Oh, that must have been hard. And you and were out here. I was out here. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Your son died. He, he was in jail. He was in jail. And, oh, it was devastating. But being around. Compassionate, recovering people locked reco up. Look, it helped a lot. It did. He said he never, like people he didn't even know. He'd only been there two days. Not even a whole in full day. In the drug pod. And people were coming up, man, you look like you could use a hug, you know. Um, so that was a God thing that, that he, got totally, that. he got in totally there. That was a totally God thing. And um, then when he got out, um, he came here. And then his his charge was dropped. Yeah, they messed up there. But that, <laughs> but they got him this time, though, right? Oh, they got him. <laughs> He's back in jail now. Not, yeah. be, not because they reoffended. Just no. old charges this, caught up. The original him. charge caught up. And... I mean, he really did get a great deal. He got nine months. He's already done eight. From the so he's got to go back in for thirty days. Maybe. So maybe. he gets he gets the same meditation program you got that yeah. the judge gave and, you. And I'm hoping, and you know, he's got a lot of parallels in the He's cover. come so far, like he. I, I, I see I, what I he see, does see, is I helping. See, I see cricket watching us here and listen to us. I keep telling the judge up in Hanover, you need to put Cricket back in for 30 days. Give him, give him a little meditation no. period, too, man. Oh, he meditates. So, I'm sure. So I got you, your husband, Alex, three people that all kind of found recovery either in jail or as a result of jail. And you still got to go back to jail, but you're going in recovery. And you're able to carry that message of hope to people in the jail. Because I know Butch. If I know Butch, if he if he's around people, he's talking about recovery. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> bet your butt on that. And you know that's the great thing about it, like being able to help somebody else who 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 has they're hopeless and and desperate to do something else. They just don't know how to do it. Right. Which is why when Cricket walked into the pod that day, I I tell him all the time he saved my life that day. He totally did because I I wasn't thinking about recovery at all. Well, Cricket's a good hope dealer, a good he hope is a, shooter, man. He's a, he's a hope shooter. He, he's, he's a vessel for that message of hope to go through to reach people. And he gra he grabbed on that one pretty good, too. He, he We've had some really fabulous hope dealers come through McShane. He's definitely top tier, that's for sure. So I got a bunch of guys in and out of corrections, but they're getting their life straight. You know, you might have some listeners out there thinking, you know, oh, they should do their time. You know, or or they should you know they shouldn't get a pass. I don't I don't think they're really getting a pass. Do y'all or 
I don't. Um, not a pass at all. Recovery is tough, but living that life is even tougher. And and yeah, I can see but, when, but you when people society get, doing the right thing by allowing these judges the freedom or liberties to help you guys. You know, get a jail program, get a recovery absolutely. program. So that's a good thing. That's this is a, a healthcare thing. problem, not exactly. a criminal justice right. problem. At and the and end that's of the what day. it goes back to at the end of the day. People think it's all oh, these people are bad people. Really, we're not. Oh, yeah. I, I think recovery people are the most incredible people in the world, man. But can they do some stuff that you like to kill? Oh, them? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they drive me nuts, man. Oh, yeah, but there's some, like, some things I think. You don't have to hit the table. You're okay. I know, but I'm passionate. Um, some things <laughs> need, you know, some people, like, I probably needed to go to jail when I did. Well, clearly. And now that now that I've found this new way, it's like that's all I want to do is help somebody else Show them you don't got to do that to survive. All right. All right. The uh, but see you now we got we got two different specimens of addiction here in front. Of me. I got one that's a chronic drinker and driver, and I got another one that's been in the the addiction game for a long time. You know, consumption, sales, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Alec, you you're in the same situation Lisa's in. Do you feel different, special, unique, or your cases? what it is or do you feel like it's recovery work for anybody regardless of what level what drug or what your situation is or? yeah I'll, I'll tell you that like um i had i had one guy who um who was in the program he was a newcomer in the program and 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 he was a heroin user here mcshin yes he was a heroin user and he and and you know there's this connotation that oh heroin's way more addictive than alcohol and everything and Lies. and he and and he and and when we went to kroger to get a you know groceries, he passed by the beer aisle. When we went to the gas station, there's a beer aisle. He was like, "Okay, now that I think about this, it's a little harder to get dope than it is to get beer." <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of yeah. like almost almost everywhere you go, there. It yeah, is. so you have to deal you have to deal with that everywhere. So you know, it's the same. It's two sides of the same coin, yeah. in my opinion. Now, now both of y'all been here a long time, okay? And you've seen so many people come through. Uh, hundreds, it, like, yeah. like when, when I try to think about now, it. Now, look, I'm, I'm the first to admit we, we got a lot of success. We got a lot of people staying clean, a lot of people staying out of trouble, a lot of people launching into recovery. But at the same time, you have both witnessed people dying mm -hmm. that came through here. You witnessed people commit crimes, real crimes, and have to go back to jail. You know, what do you say to the people out there? And I'll start with you, Alex, first. You know, they, I don't think they understand that addiction is a chronic illness. And the recovery process can be, you know, you got to make it meet the chronicity of the disease. So you got to be flexible enough in recovery. But a lot of folks out there just want to lock us all up and throw the key away. I mean, what do you think, Alex? Well, you know, I, I, I think, again, that it is more of a healthcare problem than a criminal justice problem. Um, so it needs to be treated as such. But, you know, I don't know how much I agree with mandatory minimums, if, if I'm being completely honest. Mm. Like, it... it well, it seems like they're only four DUIs, right? I don't know. No, I think you got like three strikes. Maybe larcenies. Uh, yeah, if you do three, uh, three drug charges, the, the next one's a felony. I think. I, I think it's three uh, misdemeanors. It used to be yeah. uh, uh, a paraphernalia, a spoon or a needle or a crack pipe with like a mandatory charge. That now, was a, a whole possession. Yeah. Thing. Now, now maybe <laughs> the judge can have some wiggle room in the courtroom exactly how much time they give you, whether or not they can reduce it. But I still think there's a lot of minimum. Every time I go to court for somebody, I always hear there's minimums, there's minimums, there's minimums. So there's got to be. You know, mandatory minimums on about everything. 
But my point is back to my original question was a lot of people out there, you know, they don't want to play the cat and mouse game. You know, if you mess up, don't care if it's addiction related or not. If you know, if you get, if you do three years, you do three years, which, you know, that's the, that is another topic for another discussion. But if you have a mental illness, substance use disorders, and you're in a cor- correctional facility, and if you want to have access to recovery, whether it be in the jail, reentry, and whatnot, I think it should be there. Oh, absolutely. And I kind of like how, how Lisa put it in saying, like, I didn't, no one wants to go to jail, but you were there to help other people. It, it was so, so, something so much bigger than you at that point. That's been my outlook on it. If I have to go there for 10 days, you know, maybe I don't want to and I don't agree with it. But if I, if I weren't in recovery, I'd probably be resentful as hell to it. I, 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 I wouldn't like it. But now that I am, you know, I'll, I'll pay the piper for me, be, for my, you know, 10 years of boozing and screwing people over. So I, I'm, I'm okay paying my dividends. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe. You sitting in that COVID infested <laughs> jail cell. You know, right well, I'll be solo too. So that's, that's, that's the weird know. part too, is a lot of, a lot of, I've been told that it, almost every jail in Virginia is isolated right now. So it's, well, that ain't no fun lockdown all that time. So Mm-mm. Lisa, you, here you are. I don't want to shout out your age or nothing, but I, 22. I you're 22. <laughs> Count backwards from yeah. 70, right? No. John, <laughs> we're going to talk after yeah. this. But what I'm saying is you, you, I bet you spent at least 20 years ripping and running, maybe 30. 38. You spent 38 years ripping and running, in and out of the system, chronic, you know, screw-up, basically. And, you know, now you got a uh, some residual charges catching up to you, even though you're clean 20 months now. And... You know, some of, them are, some of them carry some real time, right? Oh, yeah. But weren't they like, are they all addiction-related? All of my crimes. My whole criminal history was from 2001 to 2007. When I went to prison in 2007, I did five years. What and, was that for? Um, stealing copper out of an empty house. Well, they would call that a, what's that, a larceny or a conspiracy? It was a burglary. burglary. Yeah. You stole copper I stole to copper. feed addiction. To feed my addiction. And that's what all my charges stem from, going into stores, stealing whatever. Um, and then I didn't like doing that, so I, I started taking copper out of empty houses. They were going to tear them down anyway, so I thought, but, what the uh, the But demo- it wasn't my house. Yeah, the demolition company got, <laughs> right. got, got, got the copper. So, so yeah, all my all of my charges stem from my addictions until these last ones, and and actually really kind of I don't know if I'm justifying it here, but like most addicts when they get to that point in their in their addiction, they got me for a distribution, and um, talk slow, it man. Was you like, it was like it was it was like I was I was doing it just enough to feed my habit. So I can. Oh, take I care think of that's myself. what most people yeah, do. Yeah, that, you know, I, I was taking care of myself by, you know, doing what I was doing, and it was wrong. And yes, yeah, should I pay pay my consequences? Absolutely. Am I gonna like it? Hell to the no. Hell to the no. But it's something I got to do because it's, you know, I'm not that person yeah, anymore. I see my old friend on online there, Hampton. What's up, Hampton? Ryan. No, that's a different Hampton. Oh, different Hampton. There's the last name to it there. Yeah. Got your Hamptons mixed up, man. <laughs> He's old school recovery guru. Oh. You don't know him. You ain't met him, I but you him. but but you need to. Well, we might. Uh, anybody that. comes in contact with him, they usually do pretty damn good. I think so. He's like a lucky rabbit's foot. You know, every time he shows up, <laughs> something good something happens. Something good happens. Yeah, man. So, 
So bring us some mojo, Hampton. Good to see you on the show, man. So, you know, we deal a lot here. You know, most of our population, it seems, has a criminal justice relationship, some form. And that's too bad we can't catch a lot of these people prior to getting the record. Right. But I think our criminal justice system, our community at large, is designed to suck addicts into the criminal justice system, not into the healthcare system. And mm -hmm. just for a little, like, like the proof's in the pudding, like in Virginia... Mm -hmm. I think I think we have capacity for probably seventy thousand correction beds, but I, I don't I don't think we can count five hundred tax funded treatment beds in the whole state. And, nope. and Sheriff Wade, before he left office, he did a survey on his inmates, and eighty seven percent of his inmates were locked up in one way or another as a result of addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's like, good lord, we know addiction is a health care issue, we know it's a, a disease, yet. It seems like society continues to want to treat the problem and correction. Now, I will give credit to a lot of these POs and judges and prosecutors. Now that the recovering communities come on the scene in the last 10, 15 years and say, hey, we might be good diversion. We might be good options. You know, we, you know let's, let's try something different. And, you know, treatment, God bless them. We need them. We love them. We need all we can get. But, but if you look back on society for the last 40 years, you know, treatment really hasn't been the, the biggest solution. You know, yes, if you can find a way to rehab, maybe you can make it, maybe you can't, maybe you need to go back, keep going, whatever. But I, I've been advocating for almost two decades the need for recovery, support, service, capacity, peer-to-peer. -peer. You know, honestly, honestly mentioned it earlier, you know, peer-to-peer -peer recovery in all forms. I think we demonstrate over and over and over, and we collect data, so we have evidence base. I think peer is the way to go. I think the more capacity we can have in our communities where recovering people present hope shots to those in trouble, we can really expedite our recovery outcomes. You know, I, I mean, what, what's been y'all's experience with peer? I'm gonna go with Alex first because okay. I give you a chance to think about because I know you you think between working. I already know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Alex, let her sit and sit on that answer for a minute. Um, I, I want to touch peer. on one thing real quick. Quick first, quick. okay? Because um, we're, you were talking about how how you know um, it is okay. I could be looking at six months of jail time, and instead I'm looking at ten days because they are accepting of the treatment model. That you're doing right. More. Yeah, so, I, so I said I, that they 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 coming on board slowly. Yeah. Sure. So you know that's a small victory, is how I see it. That is. It's not enough. But it's it's it's, it's better at least. Um, All right, but now you the peer to, yeah. But remember, you've been in trouble before, and, but uh, but now you're in front of peers, giving it to your real, giving it to your raw, yeah. being authentic. So what do you think? And I appreciate the authenticity. I mean, without something like this podcast, I mean, I value authenticity more than a lot of other things I do nowadays because it is just the rawest form of honesty that there is. Just the way that people talk with me. It makes me feel like I can believe them when when they're actually telling me something, and the way that they're telling me. Um, so well, that you know, authentic peer-to-peer -peer model. I watched is, you in my groups before. You won't never smile, and so I feel like you was probably. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm. I'm well, I'm, I've also been 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 fortunate enough to be given responsibilities around here. So when I'm in your group, I'm watching how you're facilitating the group, mm. not what you're saying. If mm. that makes more. Well, I'm, you, you should I'm listen. More than, I'm I'm there as a peer to learn uh, how you're training right, people right. than than as as the sponge. So right. I, I like to take time to get in your groups to mm. see how you teach other people. 
Right, facilitate, facilitate. Exactly. So, Lisa, you sitting in jail and in comes Cricket. You know, that's your first contact with Pierre. You've been here a while now, and you were sitting on a hot answer for me. You still got the same answer? I still answer? got the same answer. All right. Up until, like, the whole time I've been going to jail, and never has anybody you, ever offered me no. any kind of program in jail. Um, until... Until I went to RSW, and then it was like, boom, there he came in, and he gave me that shot of hope, and, and I thought, well, damn, I'm maybe I should try that way, you know? Um, and thank God for it, because I don't, I just don't know where I'd be today without that. Peer on peer, definitely. The best thing. I... So I think that's the vacuum in America right now. I think, you know, Dr. DuPont was quoted in a Richmond Times-Dispatcher article how there was a lot of frustration in our field of basically treatment and correction and recovering in the community. But he said that the one thing we really need to basically do more and do it quick is engage and get all these, these people in recovery into the mix, into the scene. Mm -hmm. That's where our biggest gains are going to come from. And don't get me wrong, people are still going to die. They're still going to get addicted. They're still going to commit crime. But there's no way in the world we should be at the level of the impact we have right now in 2020. Mm -hmm. So if our country, if our communities, if our states were to just fully engage the recovery model, the recovering people, and just give them the resources they need, let them have access to the most desperate addicts in the, in the worst condition of their life, let us do our hope shot, and, and, but, you know, value it and, and, and support it and fund it. I, I swear, I don't know how we couldn't miss, you know, reducing that impact by 50%. It yeah. makes me think back, like, 20 years ago, if they when I was in jail, if they had something like this, would I, would I have gone, you know? Well, now, now the, a good hit on that is a lot of these kids in 19, 20, 21, 22, they got a lot of party in them. They're not ready to give it yeah. up. But. If they're exposed to that message, if they're exposed to the recovery lifestyle, you never know. Then, then when they do hit bottom again, they, they might quicker to come back. And go, oh, I know a place to go. Mm -hmm. I've seen this thing called recovery. Exactly. And re recovery is real. Oh, it's definitely real. And recovery, the, the high you get in recovery is a lot better than the high I ever got from drugs. So, any elaboration on the peer model, Alex? Since you since you seem to be the wizard and the go to, I'm no I'm the no wizard. Man around I'm no the wizard at all. I, I I just really enjoy that. Um, with the peer model comes like like I like to help other people in it, but I'm not the only like I can't understand. I've never used heroin before, so I can't help someone who's detoxing from heroin as well as someone who can. So that's then when I lead on another peer who can help them out. So it's almost like a group of people coming together. More than it is like, okay, I can only deal with alcoholics or coke addicts because those are my DOCs. So, like, I really like that there's a wide range of peers that we can all help out more. Like, you know, this is my first time in, in you know, a recovery, recovery in yeah. general. So, like, I did a group with so someone So you feel like you're a high-bottom addict, a high-bottom <laughs> alcoholic? Not in the slightest. <laughs> Not in the slightest. I mean, I, I've had to go to jail. I was, I was at the point where I was like... Losing a job every six months. I was living out of my car. Uh, I, I, we call that unmanageable. Call, I'd call that homeless, yeah. too. Homeless. Like, I don't know, man. My little brother lived in a campground for a while. He thought he was living good, man. <laughs> oh, I was couch surfing. I was, never, I was never living on the street. I would be like, hey, buddy, can I crash on your couch? Can I crash on your couch? But, you know, 
if you don't have a home to go home to, you're homeless. Yeah. So, right. so like, that's one of those things I have a hard time actually like identifying with. But you know, I, I answer phones all day. People are like, "What? What goes on at McShane? Can you give us the spiel?" And I and I tell them, "This is not." Some person with a doctorate in psychology telling you what addiction is about. But it is people who know what you've been through and can give you the actual advice of how to avoid going back to that sort of lifestyle. Suggestion. Hey, Debbie, how you doing? I see Debbie tuning in here today. So, Lisa, since you've been here or been in recovery, what's like one of the biggest things that stands out to you? Like, you know, an aha moment or light bulb goes off? Not a thinking question. Well, like the support. It's like... So all of a sudden, you're in this great, compassionate, loving, understanding, caring community. And it's like, wow, man. I never had that long. before. No, it's hard to get that in jail, ain't it? Hard. Hard to get it on the street, hard. ain't it? I couldn't get it from my family. Yeah. Because you know? uh, that's my fault. But. How many drug people went, went with you to court, sit in the courtroom with you? And none. They were all peers in recovery. They were all peers yeah, in recovery. Yeah, Yep. Yep. Hey, Jennifer, how you doing? You miss me already, don't you? <laughs> I just spent four days in Arkansas with a group of really great, cool people. You know, it was incredible, man. But Jennifer was one of my road dogs down there, one of, one of the shining stars. You know how to pick them. I, they pick he me, man. <laughs> I mean, God, God does the picking. I just show up, man. I think God's got a big yeah. hand in that. That she says I'm a no no sense guy. You know, so one of my main, I guess, negative feedbacks I get around here from people is, man, you cuss a lot, man. <laughs> you, you bully people. You this, you that. I said, nah, man. I just I don't sugarcoat it, man. No. I mean, heck, if I was your drug dealer, you think they gonna talk nice to you? Where's my money? So, Alex, what about you? Any aha moments or something that really you never thought you'd expect to get, but got? Yeah, I mean, I well. An aha moment was realizing that I held like high expectations for everything, probably throughout most of my life. Yeah, if you, yeah, you will be let down if you got expectations. <laughs> yeah, right. I realized that uh, when I was working um, close. Um, Remind me, me of the time I went to the Marine Corps ball in Australia, right? I was still drinking back then. I go to this Marine Corps ball. It's a true story, too. When the ships pull in, the, the, the civilians would come down and they'd kind of like pick out a Marine, you know, and, and they had a radio show, call-in show, where you could call <laughs> in and meet a Marine, and they'd take you That's to the ball. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, my wow. God. I was the luckiest Marine in the whole 7th Fleet, man. I, I, I must have had the most charming, best-looking chick I've ever seen in my life. Calls in, and she's my date to the ball. I had high expectations and high hope, but nah, I got drunk, went into a blackout. And, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't want to tell you how John. it ended for me, but but it, it ended in the back alley under a stairwell, and it wasn't a pretty picture. Mm. But but the good news was that the guy that rescued that girl from me, you know, because when I go off, I mean, you want to get them away from me. Mm -hmm. They ended up getting married, so I, I feel wow. I feel like it worked out pretty good for somebody. You helped him out. I think so. Yeah. Man. That's the summer. But high expectations, you know. High expectations yeah. is a big thing. So, so being realistic, but also being able to understand what I control. Like, well, another great moment was Lisa and I got to like advocate oh for God, oh, Danny's yeah. bill great. and 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 the, uh, the, the Capitol, safe reporting right? bill. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Lisa and I were arm in arm. She we, was she was like a pit bull down there. Yeah. It was awesome. You were, man. Yeah, I love it. I you know, love re it. recovery people make the best advocates. You know, those with lived experience. You know, running around those ha those halls and. Talking to the politicians, Talking to you know. 
And they really do want to hear your story. Well, they, they like to, yeah. But they don't have a lot of time, but you no, got to give it to them yeah, quick. Yeah. And, and, and I told, uh, we got a, we got a uh, unanimous vote from the one guy, and I, I, he said one. I said, well, let me tell you about this other one. He's like, don't be greedy. I said, well, I'm going to be greedy, and I'm going to call you back, which I did. And then everything shut down for COVID. And uh, it's mm. just been crazy. Hey, Hopefully Le Leslie, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing that, man. We love you. We miss you. So, Jones. yeah, <laughs> the, um, so, you know, so y'all, y'all got lucky this year cause y'all, y'all advocated for a bill and it got passed, got and, passed. It became, and it became a law. I advocated for, um, the good sand bill last that, year. Yeah. And well, finally it passed. Well, this year we got a good one yeah. this year, but now, you know, we're in the, uh, you know, I don't know if people in America realize or not, but right now, History is going to look back during this COVID period, and we are going to see the largest addiction impacts by mm. civilization that ever seen. We're going to have we're going to have more people die from suicide overdoses. There's going to be more havoc wrecked from the increase in addiction and substance use disorders than ever been recorded in history. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's kind of sad because we can we got all the warning signs. It can't be stopped. And as policymakers are, are retooling policies and reallocating funding for certain things, they still are, are largely ignoring the number one addiction impact reducing component in civilization. And that's the recovery community. If I were these politicians and, and these people in charge of funding and policy, I would scale up recovery residences, sober living, peer supports, authentic peer supports, recovery community centers. I would stop trying to squeeze and funnel all these dollars to the same old agencies and get the same old results. It's just maddening to me. You know, any thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, I don't understand why you'd shut down 12-step meetings but then leave the ABC store open. I mean, you're well, just leaving people with their own <laughs> devices at that point. Well, they collect tax revenue off of ABC store. Yeah. But they don't have a tax collector at the, at the Yeah, at the, and those 12-step meeting people have to live somewhere, too, well, at the same time. So where do they out, live? You know? and, well, even, even in New Jersey, they were, they were advocating that they talked to all the peer recovery specialists, and that was what they said, leave it open, because people need a way not to, or to be able to detox if they're coming off of something. Mm -hmm. So that's what New Jersey said, but I call BS on that. Because, yeah, because you, you know, can't pay taxes if you're dead. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> uh, maybe not to be morbid, but that's, that's a solution, right? there is, is but, keep but, people alive but also at the same time now we you both attested to the to the strength and the value of corrections and jail and recovery but now it seems like the the jails and the courtrooms are going to any length to keep people out mm -hmm. but but yet the the options aren't that much better on the street you know because mm -hmm. there's been a lot of overdoses lately and plus they gave everybody six hundred dollars a week to go shoot dope i mean that ten thousand dollars of back pay back, yeah i mean it's like it's off the chart out there but but the, the solution really is scaling up peer recovery support services at the authentic peer level not in these agency levels uh -uh. It, what good to do to to put a peer in 70 hospitals across Virginia if they don't have a detox doctor to take them to that mm -hmm. day or a sober living to take them to, you know. I think they put the cart before the horse on this one. And that's just, a, it's hard to get these people to see this. Well, I was on the phone with, with someone, with, with, with a methadone clinic today, just, just out of curiosity to, to help someone um, in getting some methadone. And they were like, yeah, well, our next appointment is July 29th. 
I was like, that's 15 days from now. I mean, that's, what that's, are they gonna that's do just in so, between then. So they got to Google a, uh, a Zoom methadone clinic or something because I heard you could get that pretty quick and easy. Yeah. Maybe you can't get it around here. I mean, I, I, we called three places, and, and one of them was like, yeah, I can put you on a wait list, and, and you can call back tomorrow and talk to the supervisor to get a, a, a date for what it would well, look about, like. And then the other about, one was like, yeah, we can get you in July 29th. And what, I was just, what about detoxing for or get them on Suboxone or something? Or, well, they're on Suboxone, the and they wanted to switch to methadone. Yeah, but I'm just saying, in any other scenario, like, what if they weren't on Suboxone right now? What if what what if they're completely detoxing and are withdrawing, well, and you still can't get them in for 15 days? Yeah, you th- know what they're gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> which is the sad part. Well, I think some of these providers you can you get access. I I know the Suboxone. I'm pretty sure you can get in within two three days. The most any place, but R-E-H-A, that's maybe. the worst time of the, yeah. the detox. Now, if you want a private pay, I get you in front of a detox doctor in two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but that's private pay. So, what's going through your head, man? I mean, it's a cool podcast, or it's a great podcast. Um, they're just—I don't know, man. They're just making cuts where they shouldn't make cuts. Um, they're so, so you got to thinking about yeah policies and whatnot. They're uh, the governor of New York. Or the mayor of New York is is said the other day that he was going to make cuts to all recovery substance uh, abuse, and I'm like, we're always the ones ones that get hit. They well, they well, start with us first, and it's like, well, they don't matter. Yeah, and they I, don't matter. My friends down in South Carolina put on there, man, South Carolina they're cutting, you know, whatever it is, thirty, forty, fifty percent. But then my other friend down there who runs a recovery organization, he doesn't get it. He really doesn't get a nickel of any tax dollars. He said. It ain't, it ain't hurting my budget, you know, because we don't get none of that money anyway. <laughs> we don't get it so, anyway. So uh, 30% cut from zero is still zero from us. And, and, and you know, we get a little bit of hit here and there from some yeah, of the agencies. Yeah, but not much. Not much. But, and, and it's it's kind of sad, too. Cause it's I, very sad. Out of fairness, we were just getting to a place where we could get some funding, some reimbursement, and COVID hits. And now everybody's going to have to take a bite. So, you know, that's just the way of the world, I guess. But well, we got a lot of work to do in front of us because oh, yeah. there are literally going to be thousands of extra addicts and alcoholics in our community that are going to need help. And and man, I just hope we can be there for them. You know? Me too. Mm-hmm. You guys going to jail might be good, you know. Free of a bed. <laughs> yeah, I ain't but, going. Don't. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm hoping. So what uh what what are your dreams and aspirations? You know, what are you looking for out of your Early recovery, Alex. Here you are. You got what nine, almost ten months clean or sober. Yep. And uh, you got, you know, you're going to get that little jail behind you. It looks like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Um, I want to then take care of the other DUI in September. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm living a month at a time yeah, still. Right. I got you. I want, I want to be able to be here voluntarily. That's you nice. know what I'm saying? That's like the goal is to be able to be here voluntarily, and then oh, you mandated here. This yeah. Said, oh wow, that that's a little, that helps. Yeah, that again, it's 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 those safety nets or whatever. I'm 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 gonna be transparent yeah. about it, and um. But nobody paid for it. you. Had to hustle, make your own bed fee yeah, payments. Yep, yeah, first three or four weeks were paid for, and then I I got was thankful enough to be in a leadership position that's been paying my right. bed fees since well, since lucky. then. Yeah. But, um, you know, what to say about luck, it's when preparation meets opportunity. So, mm. um, like best and body, man. Uh, <laughs> like so, what are you looking for, Lisa, when you get all your trouble out, out behind you? Once all my, my court stuff's over with, and even now while I'm waiting to deal with it, I'm 
I want to do more. I want to this. I found my purpose. My purpose in life is to help somebody else, and that's you know I want to get my a life with purpose road, is a life worth living. Is mm-hmm. get my CSAC right. and 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 I know that's going to take time, but so that's what, one of my uh, goals. Didn't you have a bout with cancer while you were here too? Still. Still do. Still what do you, do. What do you got? Um, well, esophagus. Um, but I just had an endoscopy, and um, they're waiting for the. He sent. He got the results back, and she's like, "Well, he didn't like what he saw on that one, so he sent him to another lab for another second opinion." So. Um, I don't guess he did, man. Hell, you got crocodile neck now. I it know, is, and it looks horrible. I imagine what it looks like. I was on thinking the about getting a tattoo, that, but that's just gonna make it even worse. So. Yeah, I think that'd look awesome. Really? Yeah. Maybe like a necklace. Is is a crocodile? Tattoo, tattoo already. Um, yeah. y'all Google crocodile. That drug crocodile. It's a nasty stuff. Horrible. Man. Yeah, but it eats some, you from the inside yeah, out. Yeah, somehow Lisa got hold of some crocodile in her <laughs> in her journey. But it, yeah, it, it's bad. So you want to just you want to be in the recovery industry, be a peer leader. And, well, like, Butch doesn't know it. <laughs> that's her husband. that's in jail right so, now. So uh, he wants to move. You to probably Washington. you probably don't know what he's thinking either. I, I probably don't. Um. He wants to move to West Virginia when all our court stuff's over, and I just, I'm not What's willing. in West Virginia with Josh and Tess? No. Are you kidding me? He wants to go to Harper's Ferry, but I'm not willing to do that. Um, my life is here. I, I don't want to go back to, to, to the area I grew up in because that's just going to be bad, and I, I, I already know that. I think would do okay here. He'll be, he'll do now, fine. Now he's he, going to be fine. Now, if he leaves you here and moves to West Virginia, I bet y'all, y'all can live happily ever after. I bet we could, too. <laughs> 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 God, take, love him. take care of that Debbie you're absolutely right though ain't nothing like lived experience giving hope shots on a podcast oh god I love it love it so what are, let me ask another question y'all both been here a while what, what's a couple things around here you don't like that you'd like to see change or at McShin or in, yeah, in... yeah I mean, or, yeah let's, let's pick on McShin for a minute here <laughs> Well, I, I, gotta be a I couple really, things. I mean, it's a trap. It's well, a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> All right, Alex, let's go. You, I'm, not, you I'm not. Say, I'm bleeding the fifth. Oh, that's I bull. really don't. I really don't have a whole lot of bad shit. <laughs> well, there ain't, 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 ain't nothing not to like. Be honest with you. I mean, I love it all. What about you, Alex? Pay the people. Pay. What do you mean, pay them? <laughs> Hell, you're, you're, you should be in jail right now. I, I know I should. You I'm should just, actually be paying us. I'm d- I should be. Man, uh, pay them. <laughs> Pay is overrated. It is overrated. I worked for free for three years. No, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm. You said that kind of jokingly, or you really think? <laughs> no, you I'm be saying here, here, here. Here's where I'm coming from. This. So I know house managers at other facilities get paid. Really? Yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah. How look much, at, how much at, they make? I don't know. Mm. Look, look what we're getting for our, our bed fees. You asked. I'm just. I'm just we're saying. I wasn't. Not it wasn't, only a place over our head. Electric, gas, you know, yeah. a nice, beautiful but house somewhere I'm there. not saying me. Yeah. I'm oh, not saying oh, me. Oh, I'm look, just yeah, the mouthpiece of some of the people. <laughs> it's a transitional job anyways, man. I mean, if you stick and stay, you, you get on the payroll, good payroll. I mean, you know, all our staff came through a house, mm-hmm. a peer leader. They did their internship, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, man. But that's good that's, because I wish we did get reimbursed for all we did for the community. I wish, I wish we were on 
some tax funded adults, so we could pay what the community service boards pay, you know. But I'm I'm very yeah. thankful for being the house leader at Scott House as long as I was. But, but like, that's actually, bed fees. Yeah, but, like that that should be like a full time job because hey, it is a full time job. But I but I'm actually same at Delrose too because you did you did that too I at the intensive Rose, females house and, and that I'm is a twenty four seven job. You know how hard it is to get rank in the military when the private yells at the general when the general's trying to talk. <laughs> so. If pay is the only problem we got, I feel good about that, man. Because because I can fix that's that. why I went with that I answer. I can fix that at the end of the podcast. I get a new house leader, man. Maybe <laughs> you go get a job, job. Maybe a new smoke shack. I mean, no. Maybe new hell, smoke I'm shack. the one built that one in the first place, man. I don't even smoke. Uh, Y'all bitching about pay and smoke shack. Well, that's no. Good. I'm kidding. That means we did that. I really good. don't have. I, I don't have nothing. That I don't, you know. You don't have I much really major do. against either. What about a pool? <laughs> I told you. Oh, that. there we go. <laughs> That's a liability. I already asked. <laughs> hey, we had a pool over at McSunny when we bought that. I've had a, a beautiful oh, like, Olympic Somebody pool. told me that. And, and I told the people in the house, I said, the first time this cover calls off the pool, <laughs> we're going to fill it in. And a newcomer addict that hates life, hates recovery, hates everything, he went out there and pulled the cover off the pool. Ain't seen them since, but we filled that pool, and the next day we we drained it, crushed it in the walls, and filled it in full of dirt. Uh. It cost three thousand dollars to fill that pool in, but Ooh. you know, one one newcomer ruined it for everybody. If you say something, you may have to help fix the problem. Exactly, Gwen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we live in the solution here. That's right. I, I told you it was a trap. So, <laughs> it is a trap. So we need to do a massive fundraiser now. Fred. Yeah, you know, we need to go go downtown and and. and Maybe get some reimbursements, and then we can pay better. I'm all for better pay. Hell yeah. It's not me. I don't need better pay. I'm just speaking on behalf of other people. Everybody in here that gets paid gets paid pretty daggone decent. Not good, but decent. Yeah. Better than McDonald's. Yeah. And look what they learned, man. A skill you can take. And some, apply in some, any faction of yeah, your entire yeah. life. Some, mm-hmm. people, some people get McDonald's management pay or, or more. I mean, so... I think y'all are pretty lucky, actually. But damn, but, I'm but, grateful. So what else would you change? Okay, the pay, the no. Uh, um, how do you like the rules and regulations? You think they're fair and reasonable, doable? Yeah, I, they I could do. be stricter. They need, to, <laughs> they be need stricter. to be a little stricter. <laughs> I can't, think they could be stricter. Can't enforce the ones we got. Uh, it's hard. Try Again, because maybe the, the the people who are in place to enforce the rules aren't. Yeah, but rewarded enough for enforcing the rules. Yeah, let me give you a hit right now. Though. <laughs> look, look, look at all the tax-funded agencies. Look at the results they're they're cranking out compared to the results we're cranking out. So I think our model speaks for itself. I think make I think make so the too. addict work for it. Low pay, make them work harder. Mm-hmm. They feel mm-hmm. better about themselves. You get a better result. Formula works. Yeah, I'm a product of it, and I advocate for I it. But too. it is hard if you're if you're trying to like, Sorry, you know, <laughs> who who y'all like around? Here? I know you like cricket. Anybody else? I love everybody. You love everybody, like Jesus. You got the love of Jesus on y'all. You love them all. Well, who, I love everybody, but I ain't gotta like. Yeah. I don't gotta like what they do. Yeah. Um, what do you mean what they do? Who, who, who around here you don't like what? Oh they my do? God! It's a whole setup. <laughs> what are you doing, John? <laughs> you can't say that. You can't the bait and switch. <laughs> 
wait a minute. She just said she don't like something, something. People. Now, I know you I don't, don't like the way I cuss, bully. I get that. But. Oh, I cuss too. Don't get it twisted. Oh, are you kidding I... me? I've heard you, man. You worse than me. <laughs> we, have protect, we have to protect anonymity around here. That's right. No, we don't. This is this is this is reality, man. Uh, Look at Alex is thinking he can't wait to tell on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's called holding accountable. Holding not yeah, accountable. That's not right. Telling that's on not people. telling on people. I mean, really don't like the staff, I love the staff. I mean, I couldn't ask for better peers. How y'all feel about some of the participants we get that we bust our butts for these people no matter what we do, they're like disrespectful, ungrateful. What's their disease that's a lot of their times? Disease. Not all the time. Not I'm not gonna time. use their disease as a cop out for being some entitled. Some people do. But some people do. But so, so uh, there's a fine line between what's a choice and what's their disease doing the talk for them. You gotta meet people where they're at. And I, had, I had to remember that but, oh, early yeah. on because I really wanted to Hey, it's pretty, really... it, it's pretty bad when you're the grown-up on campus. you got to act like it, ain't it? I hate, acting. I hate being the only grown-up around yeah, This is fabulous. See, this is yeah. a miracle right here. You guys, what we're talking about, our discussion, you're, you're, you're laughing, having fun, I'm you're grateful. What are you talking about? I mean, ain't recovery great, man? I, yes. I never knew I could live this joyous. I never thought about it. Then that little square-headed guy come into the pod, I Square-headed. He was he was smiling while he was telling the story. It was the most amazing thing, and I thought, God, he's done all that, and he's still smiling. He's happy. I want some happy. I like I like Leslie comment. Put that back up there, Todd. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> Leslie says, when I first got there, I thought I knew so much, and my <laughs> addict mind wouldn't let me surrender that I know what I'm doing attitude and I was still going to save the world <laughs> but the longer I was there working with my peers I learned to be open to my peer suggestions the ones who had time the only fight I had was trying to step back and listen I was in jail 10 months and thought I knew all McShane had to teach all McShane had to teach boys was I was I wrong? Even today, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I miss you all. I love you. Well, we miss you too, Leslie. Oh, I miss mm -hmm. you too, Leslie. You know where to find us. The um, Hey, Catalina, how you doing? Good to see you pop on. We were talking about you last night, me and, me and the bride. We, we almost had an argument over it. Over? So, <laughs> oh, it, it, it's just amazing the things we talk about sometimes. The little things get you going sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the cool thing, again, about authentic people in recovery is almost like everything is up for debate or mm -hmm. discussion because you don't have to be afraid of who you're going to offend or, right. or, 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 you know, yeah, mostly who you're going to well, offend look, or something. I guarantee you if we met a couple years ago in a grocery store, we probably would have had a conversation. But in recovery... You know, we have conversations with anybody. It usually turn out to be pretty daggone good. Always get something from it, a, absolutely. a conversation. So, what else y'all want to cover, man? Uh, there's Gwen talking about Alex. Alex, I remember meeting you for the first time. Came to high noon. You were doing great. And then what, hap and then then what then happened? Then what happened? Gwen? You ain't doing <laughs> great. No? It was all so downhill from there. You are doing great. You are doing yeah. great. No. 
You know, I get a, I get a lot of complaints from Alex from the newcomer boys. I well, mean, that means he's doing his he's job. He's doing his well, job. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want their names and social security when, when, numbers. When, when all the new housing people tell me how cool the staff is, that's telling me they ain't doing their job, man. Cricket sucks. Yeah, Bob told me that Jill one day. Sucks. He was like, I'll, I'll go into groups, and if people are complaining about you, I know you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Well, you have a natural way of rubbing people anyway, so. Oh, yeah. You don't know how many times. The people, are, after I know someone for about two months, they, they finally oh, tell man. me, oh, man, I hated you first time I met you. I was this, like. This kid was telling me the other day what a, what a prick you were, how much he couldn't stand you. <laughs> and I went, not Alex, man. He's great, man. He's one of the better ones. <laughs> Hell, wait till you meet one of the bad ones. Oh, around my here. God. So what else going on, man? Any, any, any higher hopes we ain't talked about? No, I was just thinking about how they can afford to have uh, tablets in all these isolated jail cells, but, you know, it feels like that could be money that could better be used oh, oh, somewhere they, else oh, instead of... Are we still doing that? I'm just the, thinking the out tablets loud. Tablets are a big hit, though. They need them, actually, but they got to get good content on them for the guys. Exactly. Right. The content at, you know? is what... I mean, they got, they well, got movies. Well, and... it's a, it's a pay-for-play type apparatus anyway, but, I, but we are actually, for the folks listening, nationwide, we provide free tablet material for any company that that distributes tablets inside jails and prisons. Yeah, that's we give something them, that I'm talking them, about. We give yeah. them hundreds of hours. All these these podcasts we do, oh, yeah. they're free and open to any any tablet company in America. They can pipe them into their jails and whatnot in their prisons. So that's what's that's needed gonna, right That's going to be a big that, hit. Yeah. Oh, you're going to see a virtual boom inside corrections. Well, I'm not. With recovery. Hopefully you <laughs> don't, but we see it from the outside. I, I, I'll hear about it. Um. Well, you know what? Oh hell! I so enjoyed <laughs> going to your home group the other night. I had the best home group in the world, man. It's just so far for me now. I, you know, well, I'm working on getting my license this but week. But you so. went there, nice home group. Hey, for those listening, my home group was met every week during the whole COVID thing. We, we've been meeting in a little picnic shelter out out in the woods mm. by a park, but we met every week. Snow, rain, heat of day couldn't keep us away. It hasn't snowed. It's been in March. Well, yeah, it did. But, March. But, but it's just, it is a great little home It group, is. Man. I love it. Got a lot yeah. from it. I look forward to it every week. Got a couple home group members need some work on, but uh -huh. I ain't one of them. So. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> closing thoughts. Alex, you got any closing thoughts? I'm grateful for this place. I'm grateful I met you, John, and you, Lisa. Oh, here we go. You're trying, <laughs> you're trying to clean up some shit now, man. We take back. You, you didn't even so. pay me to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that I, one's for free. I, I can say this much: when you, when you realize how much I got out of being around y'all, you would think I'd have to write you a check. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so whatever these folks think we we you know what they get out of us, I think I get ten times more out of you. Mm. So that's a definitely two way street. Lisa, closing thoughts. Oh God, just, just like Alex, I'm grateful. Um, I'm happy. Um living my best life and it's all because of of mcshin and the peer on peer i just i well, I don't you know, know any it, other way yeah. that would work for me yeah but you're here because you you know you got in a screwed up lifestyle so if you hadn't done all those screwed up things you wouldn't have found the best thing in, in your life exactly you know? sarah we love you too man we love, love you sarah, you oh, sarah. your that, husband's okay that, yeah yeah he's all right yeah, he ain't, i don't know <laughs> man he's a iron little sucker he is but right. he's a great guy i love mm -hmm. him to death the, uh, a lot of folks out there listening, you know, we have this great uh, live stream leader, Todd. You know, he tunes in on Todd everyone. He so sits good. over there, gives us input here and there. 
I don't think his input is, is at my level, but it's still pretty good. But, Todd, we want to give you closing thoughts and words today, put you on the spot. Dude. We there appreciate all you do for us. Good man, job, Todd. Man. Yes, Todd. Well, Take well, us out, Todd. I, I do appreciate it, but we, uh, we do have another live tonight with Alex at 9. So, anyone that's <laughs> still up and awake watching, you know. What's you, the topic? Uh, what is it, Alex? Um, peer leadership and early recovery. Really? Kind of covered that today, didn't we? You got any peers on tonight? Yes, sir. Who you got? I've got uh, ideally David Butts and Jason Eves, the house leaders at Scott House. Oh boy, two newcomers. I love it, man. Peer peer leadership in action. Newcomers in action. Anything else, Todd? No, that's about it. I think we, everything else is going good. So. And we got some great content rolling out in yep. the future. So y'all tune in when you see live stream McShane. You just tune in and see if your life don't change. We love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, Til guys. Till next time. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, guys. This is Todd. I'm the producer of the Get in the Herd podcast series. And I just wanted to take a minute to thank everybody for their votes and just remind everybody that you can continue to keep voting daily until July 19th. We're actually really excited about the opportunity to be in the running for you know best local podcast in Richmond. So this podcast has been instrumental in helping so many people's lives, um, myself included. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into these podcasts, and you know anybody that's in recovery, you know they need something good and positive to listen to, and not just for them, but for their family members. And just remind people that you can vote daily until the 19th. Uh, for the Richmond Times Dispatch Best of 2020 local podcast. We're really excited about the opportunity to help further the message of recovery for those that may not even know about it or those that are still sick and suffering. So thank you again, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts daily as we can.